Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sports conversation with James Navalance on the Believe Network. Uh, as it's February 1st here, we're entering the stretch run of the college basketball season. Uh, so for this week, we're just going to do a deep dive on kind of the landscape of the college basketball season. You know, 28 days away from, in my opinion, the best month of the year, that being March. Uh, nothing better than that. Conference tournament time, NCAA tournament time, um, and this year especially, you know, it's going to be so wide open. I, I was saying to our last guest, uh, Joe Tulio, um, that, you know, a 7-8 C Kentucky playing in the title game, it, it has that type of vibe. Um, no real dominant team, very up and down across the board. No sensational freshmen. Of course, we have some here and there. Brandon Miller, Keontae George, but a little bit underwhelming in that component as well. There's no NBA four shot, um, you know, automatic number one pick. Everyone's glued their eyes to. There's not, there's not this dominant team that just, you know, has, you know, the landscape of college basketball on its ears. Like, no, like if there is a team, it's Purdue. And Purdue under Matt Painter in this transfer portal type error where it's you know constant change of rosters lack of continuity and of course they have transfers as well but i would say his program is as almost traditional as you know all these other teams kind of there's constant change there's a steadiness uh, to the program at purdue there's a cleanness to the program at purdue and if there is a dominant team i guess we have to start with them being that they only have one loss on the year, that coming to Rutgers and Steve Peichel, and they've done a phenomenal job. Um, this season, they're trying to get him a lifetime contract, and they're going to be heading back to the NCAA tournament. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job there. But for Purdue, they have the clear foreshire, uh, no doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, Zach Eady, player of the year, he's pretty much hands down going to win the award. Um, and then you have under the radar freshman. Yeah. There's no maybe star freshman, you know, at a frequency that we're accustomed to, but two under the radar guys in Braden Smith and, you know, his, his steadiness that he brings to Purdue at the point guard position, you know, doesn't, doesn't overwhelm you with anything, just brings great steadiness, has the ability to get to the rim, great quickness. His shot making's good. Not, you know, elite, but great steadiness. Um, one of the best, I would say one of the best, at least top, he's a top 10 point guard um, in the country. And then you have a guy in Foster Lawyer on the wing. Again, nothing, nothing athletically to write home about, but a bucket getter, shot maker, a consistent player, makes good decisions. And, the, and they have depth. You know, they're able to go to their bench playing, you know, multiple guys around. Zach Eady on the front court and then having, you know, the backcourt depth with like a guy like uh, David Jenkins, who's kind of finding his own a little bit. Obviously he had great success, um, you know, in previous stops and now he's kind of at, at Purdue here, kind of finding his way. Um, but Purdue's got it rolling. I would say it would be a very big surprise if they don't want to be in 
the number one overall seed once we get to Selection Sunday. But as as I've been saying at the start of this, this thing is wide open. You know, a team like Purdue, honestly, is just going to keep you got keep teams within games. I don't I don't think they're a team that's necessarily going to be blowing out opponents, and that doesn't mean they're not great. It's just kind of the their style of play. You know, they're they're inside oriented, inside out, um, as much as any team in the country. And Matt Painter's got you know this is a great opportunity for him. He's done. He's had a really successful run at Purdue. Obviously, his best team was the Ryan Klein, Carson Edwards uh, run where they fell short against uh, Virginia in overtime in the Elite Eight. Uh, this team's probably better, just what more well-rounded. Obviously, still having a star power and a guy like Zach Eady. Um, so we'll we'll see if they can if he can get over. That. Obviously, you know, a coach is you know a Final Four like that is a significant hurdle and you know guys have fallen short Sean Miller has gotten knocked on that door a couple of times falling short obviously Tony Bennett was knocking on that door and then eventually got all the way through to win a national championship you know Matt Painter's kind of been that guy who's kind of been really consistent knocked on the door once at the elite eight um, but always has good solid teams um, we'll see if they can get it done but they're going to be the prohibitive favorite when we get to NCAA tournament time now it's probably I would say the other two teams that are kind of right on the next next uh, tier down from Purdue would be the two teams in the SEC, uh, Tennessee and Alabama, and they're both really impressive for really two different reasons. Alabama, not that that not that Alabama again, not that Alabama is not great offensively or that Tennessee or defensively, and then Tennessee is not great offensively, but. Alabama's offense is probably the, the most explosive in the country, and that's why I would say there's a more a greater variance with Purdue. I would say Alabama probably has a higher ceiling than Purdue just on a given day. If you know Nados has that offense flying, Brandon Miller, he's a matchup problem. He could easily go for 25-30 on a given night, and then they got players around him, Spears, and just and, you know Quinn always hasn't even gotten to his own yet. They have a bunch of guys that can space the floor, get out in transition, and they have a lot of length and athleticism where they can mix it up defensively. Um, I would say, you know, for Alabama, it's going to be can can they provide great consistency on the off- offensive end? Obviously, you saw the game against Oklahoma where they, they kind of struggled offensively, and then, you know, defensively, then Grant Sherfield just kind of took them apart going for 30 in that game, can can they maintain a level of consistency? I think that will be key uh, for them tournament time because they're a team, yeah, they can wind up being in the national championship game and win this whole thing, but they're also a team that by the Sweet 16, they're already out of this tournament, you know, getting upset in around 32. So I think they have a little bit of a greater variance than a lot of these other top teams. As for Tennessee, their their foundation really is defensively and being tough-minded, but I wouldn't say, you know, who identifies that for Tennessee is the guy Zagler. Um, as tough as they come, I, I would say he's my favorite point guard in the country. I, I, I wouldn't say it's probably fair to say he's the best point guard in the country, but if I want one dude on my team on a given day, I would definitely want Zagler to be my guy. Um, he gets after it defensively. 
great on the ball, great competitive grit. Um, and then offensively, he gets into his own. He he does not force things. He's he's a good distributor, able to penetrate and be able to find others. And you know, being you know kind of undersized, he uses his great you know body control and you know is able to manipulate his body to be able to get to the rim and finish with consistency. And then his shooting, it's consistent, not not necessarily a knockdown shooter, um, but he's a guy who's consistent and. They they depend on him, I would say, at a higher level. And you know, you have a guy like Viscovi, who's turned himself into a big shot maker for Tennessee. His front line for Tennessee is no joke. Either uh, Rick Barnes, obviously, this tremendous run at all these different you know schools across the country, but this feels like his best uh, team at Tennessee. Obviously, they had a really good team with Amir Schofield. Grant Williams, but this feels like a little bit of a higher end uh, Tennessee team. So I would say, you know, coming in SEC, Tennessee, Alabama, those are for sure the two best teams um, within the conference. And we'll see which one of them can ultimately win the regular season and, you know, probably be the favorite uh, to go on to win the SEC tournament. As for the best conference, in college basketball. And it honestly has been ever since the ACC, I would say the ACC the last three years has been down ever since, you know, the last five or so years, um, the big 12 has kind of taken over and it's kind of been a slow build for them to be recognized as, you know, the best conference, you know, in college basketball, obviously the big 10 is really consistent. And, you know, for the last couple of years, they've been argued as the best team, um, the best conference in college basketball, but ultimately they've fallen short, in the NCAA tournament, haven't won since 2000. Um, and, you know, obviously they have Purdue here, who's going to be the number one overall seed more than likely come tournament time. But the last two national champions have, you know, resided from the Big 12. And, you know, if, if we're going back three years, uh, Texas Tech was in the national championship game. Then we have Bauer win the national championship in 2021. And then last year we have Kansas. So, you know, they – represented on a regular season basis and then they most importantly have represented it in a tournament basis um but really you know people can argue who's the top of the conference to me it's kansas you have the steadiness of bill self uh jalen wilson's a first team all-american he's you know with ochai baji you know exiting he's kind of taking that mantle of being the the go-to guy for that team has been tremendous. Grady Dick, uh, one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, he's a go-getter. He's a he's a bucket getter. Um, really kind of replacing that Christian Brown uh, productivity for them. And then you have guys like I know they're under. You know, it's Kansas, so it's not like oh, you know, they don't have players, and nobody's saying that. But two guys that are just underrated on a national level. You know, Dewan Harris does a great job at the facilitating at the point guard position. Really good consistency, good defense, just a really good table setter for that offense. And then KJ Adams, you know, they, they you know Kansas traditionally has good, solid bigs. He, he's undersized, um, but it allows them to play with a little bit more space and fluidity on the offensive end. And he, you know his short roll ability, ability to make you know make that extra pass, ability you know get rolls to the rim, and you know just be really active, having a high motor. Um, KJ Adams has been really effective and efficient. Are for Kansas, so Kansas. I, I would I would lean towards the, towards them being the best team 
within that conference, just the consistency of Bill Self. And honestly, their overall roster had the best player. Um, as for Kansas State, they obviously played last night. Kansas took them out on their home floor. Jerome Tang, uh, I would say clearly is deserving of National Coach of the Year. No one anticipated this type of uh, assurgence from Kansas State. You know, everyone, you know, obviously he had a great track record at uh, Baylor under Scott Drew. Uh, but this is very similar to uh, what Tommy Lloyd did. I would say it's not, it's, it's not equivalent, but again, a long-term assistant gets a power five job and immediately turns it up. Arizona had more talent. Let's be honest, a little bit higher level with Sean Miller. It's Arizona as well, not Kansas state, but he's done a tremendous job at Kansas state. Uh, Keontae Johnson's probably the best story in college basketball coming back where he came from uh, at Florida. He's been tremendous. Um, definitely first team, all big 12 and same thing with the guard play and Marquise uh, Noel, you know, we coming into the college basketball season, kind of the point guards were, you know, there was, you know, there wasn't necessarily the, your Colin Gillespie's of the world, your Cassius Winston, not, you know, your your Jalen Brunson's that what we've kind of gotten accustomed to. There wasn't really that dominant point guard. I wouldn't say maybe he's the best point guard in the country, but he's definitely one of them. Um, he's been tremendous, again, being a great table, table setter for this team, getting guys involved, getting his when he knows he's got to get his. Uh, no, he's been tremendous. Uh, for Kansas State, and they have Kansas State, you know, in a position, let's, let's be fair, like, there'll be a two, three seed come tournament time, and depending on the bracket, uh, this Big 12 can definitely get, um, is capable of getting a team or two um, to a Final Four. There's no question about that. I'm going to go to TCU, because I actually think TCU might, I think they might have the highest ceiling out of all these teams, and, you know, Mike Miles uh, Jr. goes down, hyperextend his knee. So obviously the extent of him being their best player is a uh, massive concern, but he seems to be all right. He should be back uh, for them. Chuck O'Bannon has the ability to make big shots. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, Jamie Dixon obviously had a tremendous run at Pitt, had really good teams to want Blair, you know, getting the one seed, they wound up getting upset um, by Butler in 2011, but obviously did a really good job at Pitt. And now he's back you know, at his own mater and TCU, this, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe it's just TCU's year. They go to the national championship in football. Maybe, maybe they have a elite eight final four um, type run in them. Obviously we saw what they did in the tournament last year, scaring the lights out of Arizona and almost taking them out. Uh, Eddie Lampkin just came back from his injury. Um, so yeah, if they can, if they can get fully healthy, get Lampkin, Miles Jr. back, um, Damian Ball, a big shot maker as well. Uh, I, I believe they have enough pieces to make a run um, and could wind up, you know, when we look at the end of this year, they could, I, I believe they have the highest ceiling and could be the best team um, in the Big 12 when it's all said and done. TJ Olselberger done a phenomenal job at Iowa State, loses Tyrese Hunter, doesn't matter. They keep it rolling. Obviously, they had the collapse um, Monday night against Texas Tech, but They've done a tremendous job. Uh, they're an old veteran team. Gabe Kasser having that shooting ability. Um, there's a good, solid team. And, you know, we'll, we'll see Lipsy at the point guard position. Uh, a little bit of growth, but he's a good freshman guard. He's going to continue to get better, uh, you know, as this season continues to go on. Um, but, 
you know, you lose a guy like Tyrese Hunter and to build, have the ability to kind of sustain. Obviously, we saw Fred Hoiberg's success at Iowa State. Ulterberger has kind of maintained that level. Um, and they're really good on the defensive end. All vets. They're gonna be. They're capable of making a tournament run. I don't know if their their ceilings exactly as high as these, these other teams um, within the conference, but they're definitely a, a tournament team, and wouldn't be surprised if they get you know have a Sweet Sixteen um, type caliber run. And them as we're seeing, like kind of now, you, you we have this variance in the Big Twelve where it's like, man, every night. You're going against guys, you know, I'll say, you know, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, those two teams, Texas Tech, just the way they've played. I would say they're probably on the outside looking in. I would say the team that's kind of on the fringe of making it, not making it, um, it's definitely Oklahoma. And Porter Moser, we know his success at Loyola Chicago. Um, He's done a really good job, you know, kind of being ready for the big moment, the big games. And, They've struggled in the Big 12. They're going to need it. And what with the greatness of the Big 12, like every single night's an opportunity. Obviously, every single night you can also lose, though. So they're going to have – but they're going to have the opportunity to get those quad one wins. Um, getting Alabama, that win, and not just a win, a beatdown. Um, and Grant Sherfield playing at an extremely high level. My guy, Grant, there at Oklahoma, his ability to score the basketball, he's going to have to be their lead catalyst. Groves had to get going uh, for them as well. But they're they're definitely capable of, you know, sneaking in, becoming that bubble team. Maybe they make a run in the Big 12 tournament, get enough wins, and become a tournament team. I would say their trajectory is probably, you know, obviously coming off the Alabama win, um, looking up. Baylor, I didn't touch on Baylor. I'll touch on Baylor real quick. Their guard play as a collective is probably the best in the country. LJ Cryer, Keontae George, Adam Flagler. Just a shot-making, the scoring ability. Keontae George... Uh, I, I feel like this team has the makeup to make a deep tournament run. It, you know, obviously the tournament's all about matchups, and but their guard play is as good as anybody. I would not, you would not want to play, and especially a guy like Keontae George has kind of a little this moxie, and the game has the ability to take over. Um, Every day, John could be on his way back. That could add for, to their front court. Um, that would be a big addition for them. But their guard play is as good as anybody, and we know. When we get in March, if you have terrific guard play, shot-making ability, um, you're going to make a big run. Uh, so I would expect Baylor to be, you know, steadily in the mix there. Pivoting out West, uh, it's a two-horse race. And it's and honestly, like, it's probably going to be for a really long time um, in the past 12 until, obviously, UCLA, you know, enters Big Ten, uh, big ten play uh, coming here. But... Arizona, UCLA, they're running this league. You know, Arizona, I would say aesthetically, for me at least, especially, like they're a team that it's like, all right, like they win the whole thing. Uh, offensively, Tommy Lloyd does a terrific job um, with um, the guard play. Kirk Kreese, there's, a, there's an edge, there's a swagger to him, big shot-making ability. Um, and the bigs, like they do a great job of – feeding their bigs in positions where it's very easy for them to operate. Balo might be one. Of, I would say he's one of the most improved players in the country. Um, he transferred from Gonzaga second year at Arizona. Tommy Lloyd brought him over. Uh, and that goes to, you know, kind of the player development component as well at Arizona. You know, their guys get better there. Um, and to Bellis, one of the best, I would say 20 players 
in the country. Um, they're, they're just really good. Uh, I do worry about them maybe defensively here and there. I, I would say, you know, being how a high end, similar to Alabama, very high end on the offensive end. You know, if they have an off night, can they get enough stops? You know, when it comes down to, you know, this grittiness of the NCAA tournament and, hey, like, things aren't going your way. you got to find a way to win a game and kind of get uh, past a team. UCLA, uh, as tough as they come. Uh, Mick Cronin, you know, he, he has a defensive identity. I think that's showing more as this time's going on at UCLA. You know, their Final Four run was offensively driven. Johnny Chuzang, uh, Jaime Jaquez. Uh, but similar, you know, mainstays there. Jaime Jaquez, definitely a top 10 player in the country. I, I don't think there's a question about what he can do on the offensive end. Tiger Campbell, one of the steadiest point guards in the country, has improved his offense year in, year out. Uh, you know, you have shot-making ability. And David Singleton, that is huge. Come tournament time, just a guy that you know that can uh, make shots for them. Uh, Bona in the front court, I, I, I like his development. I, you know, he's probably a year, year and a half away from, you know, really becoming a dominant force for UCLA. But, you know, as a year you know, continues. He's going to continue to improve. Amari Bailey, he's got to continue to take steps in his game as well. But, you know, having that high-end talent, you know, as the season goes on, like, they have the ability uh, to pop. So, uh, UCLA heavily in the mix here. Arizona, one of these two teams going to win the Pac-12. Oregon's usually in the in this mix, but down here for Dana Altman at Oregon, uh, Arizona, UCLA, in my opinion. You know, I would say, as as I was saying before we even, you know, at the very beginning of this, any team can win a national championship. Um, not any team, but a 7-8 seed. I, I will not, again, I won't be stunned if North Carolina does exactly what they did last year. Would not be surprising at all that guard play or Marno Baycott. So a team like that definitely can uh, make a run and win this whole entire thing. So Arizona, UCLA, I would say they're formidable um, teams that can ultimately win this whole thing, you know, come Houston a uh, couple more things here Big East you know Big East has been interesting you know down playing you know Villanova all right so Villanova's down kind of under the radar then all right it's like who's gonna step up Creighton's you know as they start the season really strong you know Calperna gets hurt they go in a dip they're starting their trajectory they just beat Xavier by 17 on their home floor their trajectory is up but Marquette Shaka Smart kind of in his place, kind of in his groove, um, kind of, you know, more or less comfortability like a VCU place rather than what he was at Texas, you know, in his home state in Wisconsin. Um, offensively, they're, one, they're top five offense in college basketball. Uh, Tyra Colquitt, um, his guard play, one of the leading uh, assist guys in the country. Um, they have a flow and versatile uh, big man who can step out and shoot take guys off the dribble at the high post area. They're just versatile, um, very good on the offensive end. Um, they can win the league. Providence, a cool uh, a job he does on a consistent basis, uh, probably doesn't get enough recognition. Obviously, last year they win all these close games. Everyone's saying they're lucky, they're this, they're that. No, they're, he's just sort of got a really good program and really good consistency. And Jared Bynum was out, and they're still managing to win games. Now they get him back. Um no, nah, a cool NCAA tournament team every year. You can count on that, and, you know, may, maybe some years it'll be more high-end, like these last couple where it's, you know, four or five, but they're definitely a consistent 
uh, NCAA tournament team. Obviously, I, I feel like, you know, these jobs every single year that come open, Ed Cooley's a name that, you know, constantly gets brought up. Obviously, got a home in Providence, done a very good job. Providence probably doesn't leave, but, you know, we'll see what happens with Georgetown, you know, other places that could, you know, become open, you know, Notre Dame, whatever. Uh, but Providence, you know, has got it rolling yet again. Uh, Xavier, Sean Miller, year one. Zach Freeman will just get hurt. That's a big loss for them. You know, in the, in, in the interior, obviously having Jack Nungy inside helps. Kobe Jones uh, has turned himself into a really good, really good player. Um, there, there's, again, juggernaut offensively. I would say they're similar to Marquette. Um, Sean Miller back at Xavier, finding his groove. Um, they're a tournament team, and they're a team that's only going to continue to kind of make their mark in the Big East as years um, go on. Uh, lastly here for the Big East, though, uh, UConn. Obviously, they start tremendous in uh, the non-conference, and they have nothing but struggled in conference play. Adama Sanogo, um, he's got to be their focal point. Their guard, I, again, I, you know, their guard play is not necessarily elite. Hawkins can make big-time shots. He's a big-time shot maker, but their overall guard play is not there. They had the front court depth. I would say that's kind of the missing link for uh, UConn. Obviously, as we tra- traditionally have seen the guard play, you know, over the last two national championships for, you know, UConn, Kemba, Shabazz, like guard play has been apparent. And I, I feel like that's what's kind of holding them back from being, you know, what they were perceived to be, you know, kind of in the beginning of the year as they were getting a role in is just the overall guard play. Uh, lastly here, a team that, let's just say, I, you know, I, I think it's perfect kind of segue to end this. Purdue, very consistent program, right? Virginia, very much in that same mold. Tony Bennett just wins. Uh, you know, a couple of years, COVID, you know, struggle in you know, recruiting and that kind of stuff maybe didn't go as smooth as well. But they're they're back. They're, they're not going to blow anybody away. They're going to play the pack line. They're going to hedge better than any team in the country. Like, they're just going to do what they do. Um and the ACC is way down. I mean, way down. North Carolina, the Duke, Florida State, Miami. Like it, it is bad. Syracuse, like it is bad across the board. So I understand them going under the radar. It's not, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, where this league is rolling. Uh, but you have a guy like Kia Clark, Bruce Beekman, uh, Amar Franklin, that guard play, that foundation um, has been really steady for them. And it's going to be real key for them come tournament tie, their defense, um, Jaden Gardner in the front court. They're just really solid. And, I, again, are, are they high-end national championship good? No, because I, I don't believe there's the Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter combination on this team. I, I just don't think they're on that level of a team. But Tony Bennett's going to be, you know, maybe they sneak up to a one seed, I would say. Maybe not because of the overall resume. But they'll be a two seed. Being the Sweet 16, compete elite, elite, oh, Virginia back in the Elite Eight, kind of doing what they do. Uh, but I, they're they're running away. Obviously, Clemson's done a very good job in the ACC, so I don't want to discredit them. They lost to Boston College last night, though, so I, I think we kind of understand there's a ceiling there uh, with Clemson. But Virginia kind of probably also might be the best team in the ACC. I, I expect them to win the regular season. I would say Miami has a 
Second most potential, I would say them, Miami, North Carolina, they have potential uh, to kind of get hot. Duke's playing way better as well. Um, John Shire, year one, hasn't necessarily gone as, you know, high end, but let's, let's be honest, what are they, 17 and five? Like, all right, like it's, it's a down year, year one. But, you know, I expect John Shire to get this thing, you know, rolling in Durham. And, you know, before we know it, like, year and a half, two years, like there'll be one student in tournament. Like he's going to get that thing rolling uh, yet again in Duke. Um, but that's it. We're going to roll here. Um, this is sports conversation with James Navalance on the believe network uh, coming next week. It's going to be all Super Bowl talk. We're going to have a long, long podcast. I, I would say, you know, knowing the guest that's going to be coming on, um, I would say at minimum, this will be 45 minutes, but it's going to be a fun one. There will be Super Bowl talk, a uh, little bit of Tom Brady news, definitely retiring. So we'll get into that conversation next week. Um, there will be a little bit, kind of everything uh, next week, but yeah, definitely the focus will be um, on the Super Bowl as we get set for, you know, Eagles, Chiefs, Andy Reebold, Kelsey Bowl. Uh, going to be a good one. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, uh, going to be a good, exciting Super Bowl. So we're going to get into all that next week. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.